Hello and welcome to The Inner Gamer, episode 255. We are the video game source for you, the casual gamer. My name is Brett Noski. And I'm Austin Morales. And this week on The Inner Gamer Podcast, Brett jumps into Disco Elysium on the PC. I play Apex Legends Season 4. And in the gaming news, uh, Skull and Bones has been uh, rebooted several times, apparently. What? Why? It's so good already. And then Blizzard responds to uh, the poor reception for Warcraft 3. And... Uh, we are not satisfied. Plus, much, much more. And for a discussion topic, we jump into romance and video games. We kind of cover some of the best ones that we can, we've played and can think of. And uh, there's actually quite a bit, and some in places you wouldn't even expect. So stay tuned for that. And without further ado, cue that music, Brett! Oh, 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 It is February 11th, 2020. Welcome to the Inner Gamer Podcast. If you like this podcast, we'd love for you to show your support by donating to take us to the next level. Visit theinnergamer.net slash donate to contribute or simply share this podcast with a friend. And also, if you're in the DFW area, keep your eye out on an event we have coming up in a couple weeks. It'll be February 20th. Uh, we'll be at Hot Fusion Brewing Company, again with Friend and Foe Board Game Cafe. So make sure you come out and visit with us, hang out, and... Uh, have some beers and play some board games and it'll be a lot of fun. So if you're interested in that, um, make sure you either subscribe to our newsletter, which you can go to our website, go to the footer of our website and sign up. Or you can also go to meetup.com and join our meetup group, the inner gamer DFW and uh, get notified about it there. So check that out. Now let's jump into some video games. Austin, you ready yeah. for this? I've been oh. wanting to talk about this game forever. Have you? And I'm finally getting to talk about it. Cause All I right. played enough of it where I can at least give a first impressions look at this game. Perfect. But it's taken a while. Okay. Because it's different. Why? And what it's happened? challenging. Okay. Um, Disco Elysium. This is a game that is from the creators called Zhao Um, I believe is their name. And I don't know how better to pronounce it, but the uh, team behind it is a very small indie studio. They have... I think this might be their first game, but I could also be completely wrong about that. But either way, Disco Elysium, we have an interview with them actually on youtube.com slash gamer where uh, we chatted with them about the game at one of the, was it PAX? It was. It was South By. South By. Yeah, South it By. It had a different name back then too. The game? Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Yep. It was, I had to go in and change our video that we had to fit that. Oh, what was the name before? Uh, if you go watch the video, it's actually on the trailer. Oh. Or it's on the video, but I don't know what it was. Crazy. Yeah, because I used the original footage they had. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yep. That's, I that seems that. to be a common thing, because there's another indie game we've been following that we uh, saw at South by and actually donated to them to get the game and help them out on Kickstarter. And uh, yeah, they changed their name recently. So. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Huh. Well, the uh, company was founded in 2015 um, in Ukraine. And this this game is unlike anything I've really played before. It is uh you so the general gist of it is you play as a uh, detective who literally wakes up and is drunk 
and doesn't know what happened. You're a detective in the city of Revacol. And um, the goal of it is to solve this open-ended case in a unique urban fantasy setting or get lost exploring the city in a groundbreaking blend of isometric RPG and hard-boiled cop show. So that's like the basic gist of it on the website. But at its heart, what you're doing is there's a very deeply rooted RPG system in this game and a very deeply rooted story, uh, choose-your-own-adventure kind of experience. And both of those two things make it one of the most unique games I've played, but also one of the most difficult ones to grasp because it's the combat is very light if there is any combat. I haven't encountered combat yet, but I know you can acquire and equip guns and things of that nature. But a lot of it is you are somebody who is conversating with other people using text-based chat. So you are going up to people, you walk up to them, you interact with them, and then you start a conversation. And some of the conversations are voice acted, but some of them are largely not voice acted because there's so much diversity in conversations that you can have with the player uh, or with the other NPCs in the world that they didn't voice act everything. And it makes sense because there's like so much different dialogue that could happen in this game that voice acting all of that would probably be damn near impossible um, or else it would take 10 years to make the game. But it's an open world uh, role playing game, and you're as a detective, you have this skill system that when you first start out, you create your character, and this character can go. You have a very simple selection that you can go off of, or you can get really deep and like just kind of fashion whatever the heck character you want. But each system is kind of based off of a few categories: intellect, psyche, physique, and motorics. And uh, each one of those has about six traits to that. And then so you have your broad level numbers of like how many numbers you're putting into intellect, psyche, et cetera. And that'll kind of de- determine your your base character when you start. And then once you play, you um, level up and you can add points into different components. And each one of these these traits on your character, they call it a character sheet. Each one of these traits, so there's 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 four tiers, but then there's... One, let's see, five. There's like 20 different, 24 different skills that you can um, upgrade and do things with. And these skills range from everything from logic to uh, rhetoric, drama. Uh, they have things called authority, empathy, a thing called Inland Empire, which is a lot of like internal like dialogue within your brain. Um, uh, pain threshold, physical instrument, shivers, composure, savoir, fair, like weird things that each one has its own kind of ability and how you interact with other people, how your brain inside thinks, because you have like your own inner dialogue as you're playing the game that is conflicting with itself. And it's, it's just a bunch of crazy stuff. And you level these things up as you unlock skill points and they can help you craft kind of any kind of character you want to be. You can be a super hardened asshole, blunt, dick face, or you can be like a super friendly, heroic person, but the dialogue choices are vast and different and some stuff in here. I'm just like, wow, they just went there with this dialogue choice. Like that is, I was, I mean, the demented side of me would maybe think of that, but I never thought they'd actually put it in a game. I'm like, shit, that's intense. <laughs> um, they thought of everything. They thought They thought of a lot of stuff. So that's one of the big components of it is the uh, the character sheet and the vast amount of 
changes you can do with that. But then everything you do in the world, like you go up and talk to somebody and you have different options you can choose from. And then once you like start a dialogue tree and have that conversation that, you know, grays out, but you can go deeper into it. And you have this, this check system that they call, um, it's called metric and it's an RPG system, which is actual role playing. So whenever you go up to somebody based on the skills that you have and how much you've leveled up those skills, you're essentially rolling the dice and doing a check to see if, you know, like when you do a, um, a stealth check or whatever in D and D this exists here for every one of those 24 skills. So if you're using that skill in a conversation, you're rolling the dice to see if you checked yes or no. If you have a success, then it gives you more dialogue options and more abilities to carry that conversation forward. But if you don't have that skill leveled up enough yet, you either have to complete quest objectives to get more information or you just fail that and then can't unlock a whole dialogue tree that could happen with this person. So what you're saying is replay replayability is very high. It is. Um, I've played four or five hours of this game and I've died end game died five times and I had to start over, not start over, but like start back from my last save right. and then do something else because I didn't realize that was a thing. I didn't know like you literally could do something that would cause you to end the game because there was a quest that I had. So this is an example of like how this, this, this again game. I haven't played anything like this before. It's very interesting in that. I had a quest where, you know, you're drunk, you just woke up out of whatever. Um, I'm in day one in this this moment, and I am going around, and one of my quests says, find alcohol and drink it to, like, wipe away the pain a little bit. So it's, like, kind of the deal where it's like, oh, yeah, you wake up, you're hungover, let's drink more, and then continue that process. Well, my character wow. has a low <laughs> morale of one. So my morale is at one, and my physique is at whatever. So I go there, and but my quest item says one of the things that my task for this day is to find alcohol and drink it. So I go in the store, I find a bottle of red wine that this lady has, and I have like eight real is the name of the currency in here. I have eight of it, so it's gonna cost me three bucks for the or three real for this uh, this wine. So I buy it, okay. and I drink it, and then my Inland Empire activates and says that. You know, you you pop open the bottle, you drink away your sorrows, and then you realize you don't know what's left in life, blah, 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 blah. And then you have different dialogue options. One is like, I don't want to be a fucking cop anymore. All these people can just die. Or I I am done with my my life and just I am a menace to society and et cetera, et cetera. And I'm just going to, I might as well just kill myself. And then like two other dialogue options. It's basically like, I fucked up. I'm an idiot. I'm dumb. I'm going to kill myself. And then you pick what, no matter what dialogue option you choose, it drops your morale from one to zero and the game's over. So I have that quest that says to drink alcohol, but I can't do it because of my character sheet. And I, I ended it like two or three times thinking like, oh, maybe one of these options will work. No, no matter what you pick, it's not going to work. So I had to go do something else. And basically I cannot, and me, like I'm, I'm like, I want to cross off that task list. Well, I can't cross off that task it'll because it'll you. end the game. I'm like, fuck. It was it was crazy. So out of the five hours you played, how much, if you had to guesstimate how much replayability is in there, would you guess like double that, triple that, quadruple that? What do you mean? Like, like so if you just how went much back replay? and go, if you oh. went back to the very beginning and got to the same point you are now to whatever reasonable area that is, 
Would you think there's like ten hours of replay? Like if you went back, would you, you think you could of do like another new content? Yeah, um, like five ten hours more, like per replayability. I'd say I'd say like probably of the four or five double, I've triple. played, I'd say double. Yeah, I could At see least. double. Yeah, because because you start like every person you talk to has the ability if you go down the right conversational path to unlock another task. Mm-hmm. So there's some people I went up to that I didn't say anything to hardly and I didn't really want to talk to that person. So I never got a task. Or actually there was this one time where I went up to a book and I went to this library and found this book and started reading the book, which made me question my sanity. And then I reached end game and lost because I read this book and shouldn't have read this book. So I went back to the place. Yeah. So I went back there and was like, okay, I'm gonna like fuck that book. I'm not gonna do that. I'm still gonna talk to so this. So it is lady. a game like what? Like you just come to realization and you're like, I don't want to be a cop anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's just like you say something to where you you're yeah, you just are overcome with your own thoughts and then you just give up. And then there's a newspaper article that pops up that says like, you know, so and so cop decides to end his life, or so and so cop decides to um, like leaves the business to I don't know, do something like because of racial tensions or something like that. There's different things that can happen because of choices that you made where basically you just say, I'm not going to be this person anymore. So therefore they end the game because the goal of it is you're a washed up cop disco guy who is doing things in the game and so you solving crime. you led this man to commit suicide how dare you i know i Five did times. i know it was it was awful yeah sometimes you didn't commit suicide sometimes you just quit but then other <laughs> times yes he did commit suicide oh, okay. and that was i felt really bad about that but i go and talk to this lady and the first conversation i had with her never had this dialogue option occur to me then the second time i found that there was like a curtain around the corner and i went up to the curtain and she was like don't go there and I was and like, of course you went there. But I was like, no, I'm going to open the curtain. She's like, no, 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 don't go there. And then I started talking to her more and I convinced her that I was a paranormal psychologist cop. And then she was, cause, and then she thought that she didn't ever go back there because there's something crazy back there behind the curtain and that this place is the whole entire district is like it's possessed awesome. by a thing. <laughs> so you can't go back there. So I convinced her that this is what I do, this is my job. Let me go back there. And then she let me go back there and it unlocked a whole quest tree of like exploring this area, which led me to another person that I never would have met had I not done that conversation. Wow. So it's that's it's, interesting. When I started playing this game, I didn't really get it because again, it's like a lot of reading. It's a shit ton of reading. Yeah. But the more I play it, the more I'm like, man, this is kind of interesting. Like this 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 story beat here is really unique and different. And then this conversation, like you know, took me down this path where I was like questioning myself. And then like you literally have inner dialogue thoughts. And if you roll like a positive check, then your brain and what you roll, like they coincide with one another. But if you do a bad check, then your brain starts literally questioning everything and you go down a path of chaos and potentially again, kill yourself. Um, well, but game sounds amazing, but I think, Anyone who might be curious or interested in jumping in this game, is it daunting? Is like the menu system? Is it like D and D? Throwing a lot of questions out here because I feel yeah. like you know if I wanted to play this game, is it a game that I could get into, or is it just too, does it seem too complicated for for like an average gamer? Yeah. Well, everybody that knows me knows that I hate inventory management, right? Uh huh. This is a fantastic ui oh it's really really good oh it's there's four menu items yeah you have your 
you have your inventory, which is your standard inventory tree, and you have four tabs, tools, close, items, and interact. So interact is like, you know, things you can interact with, like a gun or uh, whatever. Tools are literal tools you use in the space. So flashlight, uh, pliers, you know, whatever, clothes you wear, and items are like things that you pick up that are just informational. Um, so you have those different things and you just, you double click them and it'll equip them. You double click it again and it pulls it off. So they all have stat ba- based things too. So mm-hmm. you could wear a piece of clothes that like boosts your physical whatever, but then lowers your morale mm-hmm. or it could boost your intellect, but then lowers this other thing. So there's always a plus and a negative. So that's the inventory part of it. And then they have the skill set, which is very, very clean because as you level up, you get a skill point, just one skill point. And you go into that grid, you have 24 grid items and you just everything you click onto has a basic description, an extended description, and then like like the stat boost bonuses that you get from it. Um, So it's very clear. And as you're conversating with people, you start whenever you're having those inner dialogue thoughts about something like they'll tell you what skill is currently in use. And it's it's like almost each skill is a character and that it talks to you and you're talking to it in the dialogue like section when you're talking to the people. So you're talking to a person and you see their dialogue and then, um, you know, rhetoric will pop up and then it'll say, you think that this person has so-and-so and then you like can respond with different questions to your rhetoric skill and basically interact with that skill. But you see enough of these things that you're like, okay, I've used, like, again, Inland Empire is one that I use often because I'm fucked up in the head, my character is. Um, I see that often, so I'm like, well, I'm going to level up Inland Empire because I use it a lot, and I fail those checks often. So you keep that in mind. But it's, it's very straightforward in that sense. And there's another thing in there called the Thought Cabinet that... As you, uh, Brent, sorry, too deep. I can't get oh, I know. deeper. Jeez. I know it's 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 trippy, but uh, as you find people, you can unlock thoughts. So, like one one concrete example is I talked to this guy named Machine Head, and he doesn't like me and doesn't trust me. And even though I'm a cop, he won't let me get past him to go to this area to like investigate more of this crime. So he's talking about this whole race war and racial tensions and stuff like that and race theory or something of that nature. Advanced race theory is what it's called. So he's like, if you can talk to me more about this, then I may let you pass. So then that opens up an option for me to put in my forefront of my brain the thought of advanced race theory. So I basically equip this thought and have to achieve skill points to level up that thought to the point to where I can then internalize that thought. And then now it's part of my psyche. And then I can then use that knowledge that I d- developed by thinking through the game to then advance, like give me certain boost perks and stuff like that with these characters. So once I upgrade advanced race thought, I have a knowledge of that to where I can talk intelligently with it with machine head. And then hopefully he'll let me through. But then I had to play like two hours of the game before I could then go back to him because I was internalizing that entire time. So that's like basically your, it's like another skill upgrade tree or like a character trait tree. But the way that they present it is these thoughts that you're internalizing that I thought was just a really clever Man. mechanic. Like but I played this game, but it feels daunting. Yeah. Again, I mean, it's just like if you can get past the reading and I think the first couple hours are kind of a slog. But 
it just opens up. Like now I've gone to the point where things have opened a lot and I'm starting to see these different mechanics that are just, just the, I mean, any, anything is possible mm-hmm. with, with what you're doing with this. And right, as I've right. read more about things that happen later on, I'm like, holy crap. Like I have quests where I need to sing karaoke and then I have quests where I had one where I had to like try and like get this guy and this girl to like fall in love again. And then it turns out she thought he was a creeper. So I was screwed. So then I had to figure out what to tell him to get him to be on my good side, even though he was about to be super upset that this girl thinks he's a creeper and they work together. So that was really a weird conversation. And um, yeah, just a whole number of things that are just, I don't know where these people came up with all this stuff because there's just a lot of and contextual stuff here. Yeah, it's an indie team. It's crazy. Wow. So, well, side yeah. note, it what used to be called No Truce with the Furries. That's what it was. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I like this name better. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I do too. Shorter. Uh, but I mean, the, the name makes sense. But yeah, I think that was just too much to fit into a name. Yeah. Too much. Huh. I wonder what that's all about then. Yeah. That's the Furries. Cool. I think that's like your inner demons type yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, it's cool. And then the the illustrations in this, like, it's an open world and everything is like very, very heavily illustrated and there's a lot of detail, but it's just like isometric. So you're just looking at it from one perspective, but it's like painted worlds and That's they awesome. look really, really nice. Yeah. Like I was very impressed with the visual style of this game. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Simple mechanics. Like I can literally play this like one handed, you know, and just like use my mouse and just like click around and stuff. Yeah. Um, Cause it's That's double click awesome. to move your character and all that stuff. So it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty easy in that regard. Right. Um, yeah, I'm really liking it. I'm gonna I'm gonna play some more and probably talk more about it next week and hopefully get about ten ish, ten fifteen hours into it. But I don't know how long the game is, but I could see it being pretty. Ex- I mean, it can be as long as you want it to be. Because like technically, I've already lost the game five times, but um, <laughs> I'm I'm still going in there and you save often. Basically, is my my best uh, suggestion to people. But I don't know. I hope they bring this out on uh, consoles. So I think console players really deserve a chance to play this game because um, it's uh, it's very capable of being on consoles and um, it's very very interesting and well designed. Um, so it be it translates easily to consoles. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So it says that the main story is about nineteen and a half hours. Okay. Uh, with extras, it's twenty seven hours, and if you're a completionist, it's, it's thirty six hours. Okay, sounds fair. Yeah. And that's like one playthrough, so definitely mm. beyond that, it could oh, yeah. get bigger. Um, yeah, it's a it's a pretty solid solid game. I'd recommend it. Um, it has a lot of unique stuff to it, and just, yeah, there's nothing out there like it that I've played. Oh, yeah. So it's it's worth, worth trying. It's only 40 bucks, which nice, is also man. really cool. Nice. So, um, yeah, so that's Disco Elysium. I'm done well, talking. I was going to talk about mine, but maybe I'll save it till I have a little more time in it. You can talk about it. We got a little bit of time. Nah. Our news will be short. It will it? Yeah. Okay. I only got four articles. All right. Well, changing, going back the same way we were going. Uh, so I jumped into Apex Legends Season 4, and I started Season 3, and then I ended up just kind of falling off of it because it was taking up too much time. I played a lot of Season 2, and I was pretty pretty pumped for season three because it came out with the new map fa- finally. But I just I I don't know what happened. You know, too many games are starting to come out at that point in the year, and I was like, you know what, I just yep. can't I can't deal with all of this. Um, 
But yeah, uh, Apex Legends plays just like it used to. I jumped back in and I actually did very good, like very good. I got to third place on my second game because my first one, everyone left. Oh no, my first one is I jumped in and an enemy spawned in or like crashed right next to us, like a team of two or three. So I knocked one down and... I was trying to get the other guys, but my 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 companions were right next to me, but they weren't helping me. I was like, what the fuck? Like, there's guys shooting at me. So they downed me, and then the enemies were right next to me, and then my team came up and started reviving me. I was like, oh, shit, what are you doing? Like, they're right there. He's like, hey, man, those are our friends. Don't shoot them. We're trying to do something. I was like, you motherfuckers. <laughs> I just left. I was like, I don't even care. Like, this is stupid. Like, what are we those doing here? bitches. I mean, they're trying to play with their friends and probably get to the end and then, um, you know, fight each other or something. I don't know. I just thought it was stupid. Uh, so I just, I left. And then I got my second game and we got to third place, surprisingly. That's awesome. And obviously, I really didn't read too much going into season four. So I picked up the new sniper, which is called. Uh, an R. Yeah, I forgot what it was called. New sniper rival weapon. Sentinel. Oh, yeah. I totally was not an R. I and thought it was an R. Okay. I didn't realize that they had new sniper rifle specific ammo that you can pick up. So I started picked up that. It's a bolt action rifle. So I was like, that's interesting. So I got that. Uh, I got some pretty good gear. I had the, oh man, I already forgot my names. I forgot my names. Anyway, I had a submachine gun that's really good. Uh, I got like a gold silencer for that. So me and this team were doing some damage. Like we didn't really go far. Because we, we kind of took our time early on getting some getting the weapons. And then that circle closed in pretty quick. Like, I was surprised how fast it was closing in. Yeah. Um, and so people were getting pushed to us. So we kind of had the advantage because we had scoped everything out. People kept running into us, and we kept, you know, murdering them. Uh, and I really like this new sniper. I don't like sniping in this game because it requires you to be very accurate. And there is like that delay, yeah. depending on how far you are. So especially with the um, bolt action, like you have to take that time to reload, and it just kind of takes away from the time. But then even if you get the snipers that you can shoot rapidly, you know you got that um, accuracy disadvantage because you're going so fast. So and it's kind of like hit and miss, you know, pros and cons, whatever. Um, but I I used that most of the time, and I was surprisingly getting some good kills. So. It got kind of brought me back day, to the days of Halo, and I was really enjoying it. Um, but yeah, you have the new enemy who can apparently climb up walls. And I didn't know that. Uh, I don't have enough money, in-game currency, to access him yet. That's what starts with R. His name, Revenant. Yeah, I Revenant. Yes, that, yeah. yes. So I can either save up money to buy him or buy the season pass. And I kind of just want to buy the season pass right now. Um, and it's on the same map, the new map, but it's different now. It's lava. It's not icy anymore. Yeah, I like the lava stuff. It's really cool. Yeah. Then I heard that there. when you get in there, like when you drop in the lava, there's a way you can get back out. Like I mm. think you get like a, I don't know, like a booster or something that you can try and get back out. But if you mm. jump too far into it, you'll like basically fall in the lava and die. Gotcha. Interesting. That's yeah. interesting. Uh, so I haven't really gone too far. Again, I was like in this one area because everyone kept getting pushed to us. Uh, and they have some new building, which I haven't been to yet. So I've only played like three the Hammond, matches. Uh, robotics area. Yeah, I guess. Big so. tall building. Yeah. 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 So I want to check that out. And uh, yeah, I'm going to be playing more of this game. All new uh, all new assets for that building, too. Oh, like really? They build a brand new asset set for, wow. for that building and some of the surrounding areas of it. So it's pretty, That's interesting. pretty cool. 
Yeah. So last time I remember the the map was already pretty awesome. Yeah. And then you know coming in with friends and stuff. I don't really see much of our Discord playing Apex anymore. Uh, or I haven't really checked recently, but for in the season two or three, yeah, it hasn't been a lot. They've been playing kinda, a lot of Rust. Yeah, everything kind of died off. So I'm excited to jump back into it. I'll have more of an experience to talk about next time or the podcast after that. And yeah, man, yeah, I'm excited. A little bit about Revenant. I want to talk about on his his stuff real quick because he does have okay. some cool abilities. Please, He's got please. a. His passive ability lets him, when he crouches, he walks faster than other heroes. Um, so, like, crouch is basically like walking speed, which is weird and interesting. Um, and then he can clamber up higher on the walls. I think it's about two times, sometimes three times as high, climbing up the walls and buildings and stuff. So that's, that's really awesome. interesting. And then uh, he has a tactical ability called Silence. And then when he uses this ability, he throws a gadget that deals damage and disables enemies for 10 seconds. Um enemy abilities for 10 seconds so that's really nice and it's got a 20 second recharge and then his ultimate is a death totem so the death totem gives him an extra life as long as he gets it out in time so if his totem is deployed he'll reappear at its location with one health health point instead of getting downed or killed so if you are about to get in a big firefight you drop your death totem go in there kill some people and then you do whatever you gotta do, and then you respawn on that thing with one HP. So obviously you're gonna have no HP, but you don't have to get revived. Which now is really that cool. makes sense why that happened. <laughs> I was wondering why he was dropping. I thought it was hurting us, but yeah, we killed him, and I guess he spawned there. I thought it was like a teleporter too. I didn't know what it was. Yeah, so, it's very, very, very interesting. Yeah, very unique kind of combat trait. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'll have to jump into it too with you and Please. see see what it's like. Um, I miss playing it. Like I haven't played in a while, and it's one of those games that you can you can play like one or two rounds and be very content and satisfied. And yeah, we've oh, been yeah. playing like a lot of Battlefield, which has been really fun. Mm-hmm. But I do miss uh, some more faster pace combat right, stuff. Right. Um, I still want to jump back into Call of Duty Modern Warfare just to play some more of that. But, uh, no, thank you. But Apex is definitely my uh, my jam. You, I still love that game. You can do what you want. All right, cool. Awesome. I ain't, I ain't doing it. Well, that's going to wrap it up for the games we play this week. If you want to play games with us each and every week, and uh, also if you want to, like, you know, join us in a Twitch stream sometime, you can donate on patreon.com slash gamer. But otherwise, join our Discord channel, and uh, you can play with us um, generally. Not as much on a stream, but if you just want to, like, jump in some Apex. We got a community of people in there. We have over 70 people in the channel right now. So um, join on in and be a part of the community and chat with us. And... Uh, you can check out the link for that in the show notes. And if you like what you hear, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and tell all your friends. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with our video game news. Have you ever found yourself on your way to a friend's house for a LAN party or a con like DreamHack with no easy way to transport your gear? It's heavy, it's complicated, and you have to deal with about five minutes of parking restrictions. Thanks to our new sponsor, Crazy Pro Gear, you don't have to worry about that. They have an awesome pro-level backpack that can hold any mid-sized tower or smaller, your accessories, peripherals, and everything except your monitor. We used it at QuakeCon 2019, and it was a game changer. You can also use it for board games, video game consoles, and game sticks, and more to make travel to the next convention or friend's house as simple as throwing on your backpack. Head over to theinnergamer.net slash crazy, that is C-R-A-Z-Z-I-E, to purchase gear for your next event. A portion of the proceeds go back to us to support The Inner Gamer. We'll see you at the next con. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. It is time for video game news. In this segment, we share the best headlines from the weekend in the gaming industry. 
And first up, everybody, we have an article about Skull and Bones. Remember that game that Ubisoft announced? Yeah. And it showcased several times and yeah. uh, hasn't been released yet. Yeah. Well, apparently, the reason for it, according to comicbook.com, oh. oh. is that May of last year... Uh, well, basically, what it comes down to is this game apparently has been rebooted several times, and that's why we haven't seen it yet. So we don't know when it's coming, but it sounds like they're having some hellish issues with developing this game. And um, it lost its creative lead at one point, um, and then the game was said to be... Uh, uh, so the general gist of it is the game was going to be in the golden age of piracy, Renegade Captain's Command... Uh, warships, and right. then in the world you play as an insatiable upstar pirate captain who's refused the king's pardon, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera, all that stuff. So it sounded really cool, it looked really cool, and it's in development, but we don't know where or when it's coming oh, gosh. or how it's going to work because of this reboot. Because they um, it was delayed and they never gave a release date or a window or anything like that, and it's just kind of there. So I see. Yeah, so that's where it's been. Just not not happening. It's not in limbo. Forward. Okay, it's, it's in limbo. Yes, that's not good. But it's weird because last time we saw it, like E three, whenever it was, I don't know if it was last. It wasn't last year. They didn't have it last year. Year before that or whatever. It looked pretty complete. I mean, it's like you got your ship. You're going out there. You're fighting other people. But see, I don't understand how these games can be get so far along and actually have like a playable demo. Well, I guess it's just a playable demo. Yeah, it's probably just one map with the general outline of like how they want it to go, but it looks complete enough. You know what I mean? Like yeah. enough to show off. You think they would have a roadmap for all this stuff, but I guess when it comes down to like money and executives, they're like, "How much is it going to make? How much is going to cost? Are we going to make anything back from it?" And yeah. probably the answer is most likely no. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm so curious, like what with happens. like what the I like to look at the numbers for For Honor because. That's a game that, you know, when it came out, it looked really cool. It was really exciting. We never gravitated towards it too much. So I felt like it was too, for me, it was too technical. Yeah. And I feel like it did f- eventually find like a fan base, but it's not like a huge fan base. Um, not like Rainbow Six um, Siege or anything like that. But this game was kind of going that same direction of like, it's very, it's not your every man or woman's game. It's a, I mean, you're, like in my mind, I was like a person that was on a ship that could get on and off the ship, but then it kind of instead looked like a you're always on a ship and you're a person that's a commander of said ship. You're not a solo person. You're, your player is the ship, not the individual on the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike Sea of Thieves where you are the individual on a ship who works with other people to play the ship. But I would like right. to see it be like co-op where you know you are playing together but like arena mode of sea of thieves but on a grander scale and with more upgrades and you know customization options and things of that nature potentially what was that one game at the first packs we went to dreadnought dreadnought be like dreadnought everyone has their own ship except it's on the water yeah that's basically what it looks like yeah yeah i think that'd be cool yeah but i don't want that that's what i was saying oh you don't want that don't want that yeah, I want it to be like co-op where you're all like on the ship and oh, I don't want you work together to play competitive with your friends. I don't want that. Oh, you just want to be like one person that just commands the ship yeah, and just wreaks yeah. havoc. Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. So we want different things. See, that's why it's yeah. that's why I got rebooted, everybody. <laughs> Me and Austin can't agree on what we want to do yeah, for so this game. Like, so reboot this mother. Yeah. 
Yeah. So you'd rather have it be like where you are the one character. Yeah, because then you can find the one fight each other. And then you have to wait for like 80 people to spawn in and take each of the ships that you need. You know, that's just too complicated. Well, you were just laying on a ship with like be paired with random. I know, but each ship would have its own style. So I feel like you would want or its own play style. You'd want to be on the ship that you feel like is the best. Like maybe someone wants to be on the fast ship or someone wants to be on the slow ship that does all the damage. You know oh, I mean? yeah. I didn't, I would think they would all be the same kind no, of ship and then you be. just upgrade. But okay, no. that's fair. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, they, they had small ships and big ships. I mean, from the game footage, it looked like that that's what it was more like a dreadnought style thing, which would be interesting. So, yeah. And then that makes for more tactful, tactful play. Like, hey, the big guy needs to stay in the back because he's slow. And then the s- small ships try to, you know, flank around and get some pot shots off the big ship until the other big ship can get in range and then they go to town on each other. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See? That's kind of interesting. Yeah. That could be game. cool. You're missing out. If it ever comes. <laughs> if it ever comes. Yeah. It might not even be here anymore. It's over. Yeah. Such a bummer, though, man. I know. So like, many games just get lost. I love lost the idea and, of it. Yeah. And the graphics look so interesting. Get but lost in development hell. Do you think we'll see it this year? No. At E3? No. Because it looks like they said it might not come out until 2021 now. Well, if we if we hear anything about it, that'll be the best we can hope for. That'll be the best we can hope for. Yes, indeed. All right. Um, so remember our friends over at uh, Warcraft? Uh, Blizzard, your how buddy, I, your I, best I, friends, your best I, friends. How can I forget Brett? Yeah. I can't. So uh, we have an update on last week's discussion um, on Warcraft 3, where obviously negative reception, as you all know, if you didn't hear about that, go back and listen to theinnergamer.net slash 254, and you can hear all about what happened with the Warcraft 3 Reforge chaos. But um blizzard had a response that they released and as is their mo the response was not as well received from uh players as they hoped it would oh surprise uh, surprise jay allen brack came out and said honestly it's been a bit of a hard week no shit and yeah, uh, for all of us mostly the fans yeah and uh, he said our community has come to expect really amazing things from us and we've heard from them and we have not achieved that bar He said that we stand behind our games and have consistently shown that we not only support them, but we continue to build on them even after launch. We're committed to doing that here as well. And then uh, there, um, Randy... Can I say say one thing? That that is like the standard line for every game that has come out in the past three to five years. Oh my gosh. They probably just have like (gasps) like a template where they just say, okay, what happened here? Oh yeah, we had people upset with us. Okay, copy and paste, copy and paste. Is this legal? Okay, cool. They pull from a library of like pre-approved content. That probably is the case, honestly, because I mean this stuff, they're so big now that they, they can't be brutally honest with people. They have to just say whatever like the legal teams have approved and um, so therefore it comes out stale and not, you know, Ugh. welcome. It makes me sick to my stomach to just think about all that. Yeah. So, uh, Randy Jordan, who is, uh, on the executive, um, he's, he's, he's part of the team as well. He said that, uh, the team is fully committed to supporting this game, uh, and the community for a long time to come. And, uh, da, 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 he said that the lack of reanimate. So this was, what's really funny to me is that, um, they said that they're preparing a patch to go live later this week that will address mismatched color and shading models, portrait animations, and audio bugs, UI fixes, and more. 
one of the big things that people were complaining about was the cutscenes. And he said, Jordan said that the lack of reanimated cutscenes was essentially to keep the original spirit of Warcraft 3 intact. He said that we went a little deeper into the thought process behind that at the show, BlizzCon 2018, when they revealed badass cutscenes or badder ass cutscenes. And then he said the main takeaway is that the campaigns tell one of the classic stories in Warcraft history. And we want to preserve the true spirit of Warcraft 3 and allow players to relive these unforgettable moments as they were. Um, no, you just didn't want to take the time to do it. Yeah, yeah, that is a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. The reason people wanted to buy it is because it can be updated, updating World of Warcraft, or sorry, Warcraft 3 in order to bring it into the 20th century. And then yeah, everyone 21st see, century. 21st century. Everyone wanted to see these awesome cinematics, and they still have it up on their site, apparently. And on a, that, that's false advertising. Like, I think video games is the only industry you can get away with false advertising. Well, not necessarily, but yeah. I mean, name me one where someone took them to court for false advertising. I mean, it happens to every industry. Well, I know it does, but... yeah. I don't know anyone. Oh, you mean in gaming specifically, like who, yeah. who got taken to court for it? Yeah, no video game in company has been taken to court for false advertising. I think that's false advertising. I want to find <laughs> it right now. Keep it talking. might be fake news. I don't know. Uh, and so I'm just like, are you kidding me? And and the fact that, okay, this just solidifies that they don't understand their base. Oh, Fallout 76. Well, they aren't taking to court, but to false court. advertising. True. Yes, they were. They did get, I think it was Australia. They had to like give back. They had to refund people. For that anyway it, it just it baffles me that they make so much money off of uh you know world of warcraft and they can't make a game like they, they don't see that and then take that model of like hey here's an awesome game that people like put the time and effort into it to give it what they said they wanted to do with it and make a lot of more money. And now it's it's the worst rated game of all time on Metacritic. Like, I just don't understand what they're doing over there. They have gold, and they can't seem to use the right tools to make it. They're finding false gold, and like, hey, look at this guy. We're going to make all the money. Uh, no Man's Sky, false advertising. True. Yeah. But when they first go to court? Out. No. You're, I mean, you're right, though. On that part, they don't ever go to court. Yeah, no one ever Halo goes 5, to court. Halo 5, false advertising. No one gets in trouble. Halo no one 5 gets was fine. garbage. Yeah. No one gets a fine. That's always false advertising. And they get away with it, and that's what pisses me off. Is that people don't know. Like, there's still a lot of people out there who just don't keep up with the news, like we do, or everyone listening right now or watching. And it just, it's just, it's just really, as an adult, it's really disheartening. Yeah, especially seeing a company that you've loved most of your gaming life just stab you in the back. Stab you in the back, man. They're just like, hey, we're gonna take that freaking new sword that you bought from us and shove it up your back. Like, they don't understand. They just don't understand. You know, all this talk about, I've seen a lot of videos of people comparing the the Blitzchung um, BlizzCon apology. It's like, hey, you know, we're hearing you. We've done things wrong, but we're going to do stuff differently now, and you can count on that or whatever. Yeah. Actions speak more than words. Yeah. Straight from their own mouth, or at least J. Allen Brack's mouth. Yeah. And here we are. Yep. They're lying to us. Uh, Whether it's corporate or yeah. you know, both making mistakes, like you shouldn't make these mistakes. Is it still is it too is is Blizzard, the original Blizzard, too far gone to just look back and see how things were done back then? I guess it is. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm upset, Brett. Dude, it's a, it's Activision's fault. I think I I think a lot of the blame just falls on Activision in a lot of ways because I totally agree. Pre Activision Blizzard like merger, things were good. Things were were going solid. They were releasing good updates, good content. And then this Activision Blizzard stuff happened, and then I feel like everything's kind of slowly. I mean, because when they first happen, you don't feel the effects of an of a merger, right? Mm-hmm. You don't see that. It doesn't take effect until one or two years after it happens because mm-hmm. they're still integrating processes together. Right now, it's all integrated, and it's all a bunch of hot garbage. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of upset about that a little yep. bit. Yep. You have gold under your feet, and and all you do is. I don't know what you do with it. You didn't grab it. You didn't take it for what it was. Yeah. For what it could have been. Anyway, enough about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very saddening. Well, apparently they posted better than expected December quarter results last Thursday. Um, Probably because it's from microtransactions. Yeah. Sorry. They uh, said that World of Warcraft ended with more than twice the amount of active players than it had the end of the second quarter. Wow. And Call of Duty generate double-digit percentage sales growth versus the prior game. And uh, they're basically doing really, really well. So players need to stop playing their games if they want to see some change. But, I mean, but, you just got back into World of Warcraft, so yes. clearly not by my it's own not money. working. I did not pay for that subscription. Yeah, but you're paying for it by playing it. Well, I will say this. Their, their, uh, 2017 was the highest at least in the past five years, uh, amount or highest uh, subscription users, and it's only gone down now, uh, like drastically. What year was? 2017. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't have the numbers on me, but I know 2017 was the highest, and then now it's like way below that. Like yeah. I think it was almost six, and now it's like on the lower of four million. So, yeah. It's, well. it's, it's, it's dropping. Like it's dropping. Obviously, if they would launch a new. Uh, expansion, it'll probably go up again. Yeah. Well, there's so many other things out there that are vying for their attention, and World of Warcraft hasn't fundamentally changed significantly in a long time, which is fine. I don't think it should. Right. But um, I think people just need to move on to other stuff, yeah. try something new. Well, if you think about it, what does Activision want? They want to put the money into the things that's going to make the money, right? So what is making money? World of Warcraft and Overwatch. Well, Call of Duty. I mean, it, with Blizzard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, Reforge is awesome for us. And I'm sure they're like, yeah, you know, it's a game. You can make a little bit of money off of this. But it's not their two biggest entities that they want to focus on. Yeah. They don't think it's going to make money. Hearthstone's pretty big for them, too. That's true. Uh, but it has fallen off quite a bit recently. Yeah. Or in the more recent years. But, like, I could see, I could see from a business corporation perspective, that's not a, one of our biggest cash cows. Why put the the effort into that? Right. Throw it aside. Just put it out there. Whatever. Update graphics. That's it. Yeah. Um, it could have made a lot more money. But I guess when you put it on the spreadsheet, overall, the time and effort and money put into it probably didn't seem that exciting to them like it does for WoW. Well, for them, they just were like, here's a budget. We're making a remastered version of this game just to like reignite people's excitement on Warcraft a little bit, get some of that nostalgia. But let's not put a lot of money towards it because we have other properties that we need to put a lot more money towards because we're rebuilding new, or yeah. building new games and new next generation versions of these IPs. So we'll just make it that way. And you know, it, that's not the best. I mean, if you're going to remaster something, you need to really remaster it exactly, and put some time and effort into it. Right. 
for people to enjoy it because they don't want to play. I mean, I went into uh, Age of Empires 2, um, the definitive, the remastered edition the other day. And, uh, you know, it's not bad. There's nothing wrong with it. It works. It works great. But it's definitely, the graphics are better, which is cool. But um, the UI wasn't changed, which, you know, is also kind of fine. But um, it didn't feel as exciting as I thought it would be because there's a lot of little pieces that just don't work quite right that, like, back then work fine. But today's standards don't. And that is, I think, what, like, Warcraft 3, like, had they redone all the cutscenes and made them really epic and modern to today's standards, I think people would appreciate it a little bit more. Updated the UI in some capacity because um, that UI is not good anymore, they would have done some good things. Yeah. Um, I mean, it would have brought people back into an older game, got people excited, and they could potentially make, you know, uh, you know, uh, Warcraft 4 or something later down the line. Yeah. You know, and that just helps people stay within the network of those games because it's all the same. Like, the stories connect to World of Warcraft. Maybe bring people back in the World of Warcraft that hadn't played in a while. I don't know, you know, like little things like that. And, you know, when you think about money and spreadsheets, like that's not on your mindset, you know. Yeah. So. Well, Austin, I got some good news for you. Oh, okay, cool. Because uh, Activision, the parent company, uh-huh. or the other people here, yes. have come out and said that they uh, you can expect more remasters from them in 2020 because of all the success that they've had <laughs> from it in previous years. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, you're laughing, but it's true not, because not Crash uh, Bandicoot and Spyro did really, really well last year yes. for them. And they remastered those games, they brought them out, and they they sold well. And then the revival of Call of Duty Modern Warfare did really, really well as well. So even though we're doing all this like negative talk on it, a lot of people are still buying this shit, which sucks. Yeah, but it's um, not Blizzard. Look, I I know it is I know they're, I know they're together. It's, it's all the same stock market. I understand that ticker. So I understand that. But I yeah. still hold Blizzard as its own entity. But you can't. Attached to they're not. Activision. Get out of the past. No. This is where it is. Activision Blizzard is one entity. Yeah. If you are talking Blizzard, you're talking Activision. It's all one same now. Whatever. Sorry. That's just the way it is. It might be, but that's not how I will address it. Yeah. Well, it is. That's so just my standard. Used to it. I know. But you can't because that's not the way it is anymore. It's changed. It's different. I get it. Blizzard and Activision are the same company. I, I see the difference now. Yeah, in the games yeah. that are being produced. Now you're exactly. Yeah, you just gotta gotta accept it, move on, and realize that World of Warcraft is hot garbage, and you should never play it again. <laughs> That's what I said. Uh, but anyway, I so Activision Blizzard, um, I'm gonna use them as you know synonymously because yeah. again, they're on the same. They have the right. same ticker symbol. Right. Um, they will continue to tap into port their portfolio, beloved. I like this. Beloved IP to bring several remastered and reimagined experiences to our players in 2020, which will announce closer to launch. Um, so Activision has a lot of dormant IPs like Guitar Hero and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, but also several Blizzard titles, see, because it's Activision Blizzard, that could be remastered, including Diablo. <laughs> Diablo 1 remaster, you ready for that? Oh, yeah. Uh, though the recent remaster of Reforge obviously was met with criticism. So um, <laughs> the Insane uh, Trilogy sold over 10 million units and uh, remastering old properties has paid off for Activision and could be a viable strategy during a year Activision said it could be relatively quiet for them because they are they are they have confirmed a Call of Duty is coming out this year. But beyond that, there's no Activision stuff. Hmm. Um, Interesting. So we are going to get a Call of Duty and then a bunch of remastered content. 
uh, Warcraft 3 Reforged being one of them. So obviously they've set a high bar for themselves and that's where we are right now. So it's great. So excited for Activision this year. I am so Blizzard. excited. It's going to be great. Um, so I would like to see t- a Tony Hawk's Pro Skater remastered, but like good. Because I feel like they did Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5 and that wasn't good at all. But I love that first one, and it was a lot of fun, and I would like to see it come back in some capacity. But I guess I don't really know what I want to see because we have this like memory in our heads of this this moment in time that mm-hmm. was a great memory. Yeah. But a lot of times I feel like that memory should stay a memory and never exist again in reality. That's why Warcraft 3 Reforged. Maybe we just shouldn't have ever wanted it because we see what just happened to it. And yeah, maybe they could have done something really great with it, but also they could have not and that's just back then it was awesome like for example goldeneye 007 should never exist ever again ever like not because that would not be the same as what it was in our memories back when we first played it right um yeah so that's kind of my thought on this like well maybe some of these games should just live as they were yeah and not ever be redone and changed i would agree yeah. Especially after this track record. Yeah. <laughs> Just let them live in the past. For the love of God, don't bring them in the future and beat them over a head. Yeah. I mean, anyway. you see the new Lion King? No. No. Yeah. I was curious. I heard it wasn't very good because it was yeah, no. literally just like a. Just animals. Almost realistic version of the yeah. same cartoon that, or the animation that came out back exactly. then. Exactly. So. Screw it. All right, last story we have. There's this game that I literally knew nothing about until last week. Um, it's crazy because it's been the talk for like a long time now. <laughs> well, how really? Just came out two weeks ago. Yeah, everyone's been. Oh, well, so uh, preview stuff. No. Heard a lot of preview stuff with it. I haven't seen anything about it. I don't yeah. know why I haven't seen anything about it. I follow a lot of news channels and stuff, but um, Temtem is a game that's basically a Pokemon like MMO competitor. It's in early access right now. It's out on Steam. And the developer Crema Games has been taking an aggressive stance on cheaters in this game. Um, they announced a massive ban wave with almost 900 players on Monday, uh, last Monday, which, um, yeah, was a <laughs> lot of people. Yeah. They said they've made 100% sure that every banned user is either a cheater or has abused exploits intentionally. It continued in a second tweet, we're not done with this. We will keep detecting and banning. There's no place in the archipelago for cheaters. They also reassured players that they won't get banned for casually finding a bug or an exploit. Only players do this intentionally and are, quote, repeatedly abusing exploits will be banned. Um, so there's been a lot of banning happening. And it's it's interesting because, mm. you know, it's like that's that's a lot of people that are cheating in this game. Is there that many people cheating? I don't know. But they have come Possibly. out with an update and said that... Uh, the developer has extreme confidence in their ban process, but has since created an appeals process double check for those that believe they were wrongfully banned. So even though they were pretty hard on their stance at the huh. beginning, they're pulling back a little bit huh. to reassess it and see if maybe there are some mistakes that were made. Oh, unlike Fallout 76. Oh, <laughs> very interesting. <laughs> yeah, very interesting. I know, right? Um, this is great. Um I mean, I'm glad that they have a review for it, but I feel like maybe like three strikes and you're out type thing. Like, hey, you've been caught cheating, you get like a five day ban. Hey, you've been caught cheating again, you get a ten day ban. Hey, you've been caught cheating, you get twenty five day ban. And then hey, you're caught cheating a fifth time or a third a fourth time, you're ban banned. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
like a like a uh, what do you call it? A soft ban for three times or something, or at least two. And the third, you're like, all right, you're out. Yeah, I think that'd be very interesting. Yeah. Then then just like, hey, you're done. This game is massively multiplayer online. I did not realize that. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Apparently, it is very good if you like Pokemon, and it's actually a better Pokemon, and it's funny. Well, it's an MMO Pokemon, which is like even better. Never happened before. It's just funny that like Go. this is why I love indie developers. They take they take what's good about something and they make it better. Because at a certain point, money is just too much to live down. Yeah, if you're a AAA developer. So apparently, their first game was called Immortal Redneck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I find that to be all right. Funny. I like that. It was a game that came out in 2017, and it's an FPS set in Egypt with roguelike elements. Frantic gameplay, twitch controls, and an arcade style feel meets randomly generated dungeons, a complete skill tree, permanent death, and nine classes with different traits. Immortal Redneck. That's actually yeah. really cool. I could kind of want to play this game now. Oh my god. Maybe goodness. we should stream this game. I don't know. We'll figure something out. It looks really good. Anyway. I mean, don't you want to be an immortal redneck? I guess I do. Anyway, so <laughs> now you have Temtem. And <laughs> now it's really we got Temtem. So Woo! we might be downloading this and playing it and trying it out, see what it's all about. Yeah. Um, apparently it's what Pokemon Sword and Shield should have been, but it wasn't. It was not. So Sad days. Here we are. All right, so that's going to wrap it up for the news we have this week. Austin, you got anything else to talk about? Nope. Love you guys. Thanks for tuning we love you. Bye. Bye. Well, don't no. buy. We'll come back. I know. I'm just <laughs> kidding. Uh, if you want to watch these in video format, check out our channel at youtube.com slash gamer and uh, subscribe to get these videos as they launch. Make sure you bang that bell. Or if you don't subscribe, just like make sure you look up the inner gamer every single day um, and search for us. Because if you search for us more frequently, then maybe we'll look better to YouTube. That'd be cool, too. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks. Okay. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back with our discussion topic. Just in time for Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. Even I'm going to leave this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is too much for everybody. Oh, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Inner Gamer on Valentine's Day week. We are here to talk about the romance in we're, video games. We're going to use our deep, sexy voices the whole time. That's oh, not sexy. That yeah. was just rough and ragged. I don't know what I was thinking, Brett. <laughs> All right, each week we break down a hot topic in the gaming industry. And this week, when we say hi, we mean hi. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Brett, you're oh, liking this fuck. way too much right now. I don't know. For anyone who's sticking it's around. early. I'm still drinking coffee. I Thank need you. to wake up. Um, yeah, anyway, so <laughs> I don't know. This is, this is a conversation that I thought would be interesting. Valentine's Day is around the corner. Uh, you listen to this on the 11th. Valentine's Day is this, what, Friday? Something like that? I don't know. It's Friday. I don't have a Valentine, so I'm it's just going to be like, doing my own little thing and just like, you know, finding so, a place to like, saying party and get drunk. You can do whatever you want and save all your money. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yes. Okay. Um, so we're going to talk about moments in video games that really captured the romance rights, just like 
that uh, George Michael song that we yeah, just yeah. played at the beginning yeah. there. Uh, it's difficult to do with the game to make it really tro, really tro, 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 really show true emotion. Uh, we are going to talk about some moments in games that we found that actually, you know, pull on the heartstrings a little bit, make you feel something, feel this connection that you don't often see in a game. Um, Yes. So yes, I'm just like gonna it. dive right in. Let's you know, do it, man. Just talk about it. So we got, we got a lot of good stuff here. We do. Um, first one I want to talk about is uh, Uncharted, and uh, those of you that played Uncharted will know mostly Nathan Drake, but you also know of a few other supplemental characters such as Elena, as well as um, shit. Blank on her name right now. What's the other girl's name? Chloe. Chloe. Yes, Elena and Chloe, and this conflict between Nathan Drake and how I think both of them tend to like her or him. And then they have this whole like love triangle stuff happening. Eventually he goes with Elena and then that's what ensues over the course of four games. So they get married. They have a kid at the end. Of spoiler alert. For <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't played it now, Brett. Yes. Yes. It's uh yeah, they get married and have a kid, all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, uncharted Nathan Drake. Like when I, when I first started playing Nathan Drake's character and we first met Elena, I was like, this is a really interesting character. She's very, she's very strong. She's very smart. Um, she's very kind. Um, and she's very willing to, um, work with you on these crazy things that Nathan Drake finds himself in. So, but then Chloe on the other hand was like this more hardcore badass. Like she was all about, you know, getting her hands dirty and like doing all the crazy things. And so they're very different people, but the Elena and Nathan Drake, the beginning started out as just like, they were colleagues, weren't they? In the game, they were worked together on um, uh, th- the just doing some of this research and stuff. Like she was doing research, and then he was with her doing research. At the very beginning, they were like on a boat or something out on the water um, uh, in Uncharted One, I believe. I and believe then eventually, so. they started working together more and more and get yeah. closer to to each other. And then um, well, you start to see this yeah. like this push and pull kind of situation. She gets upset with him because he's arrogant and like does his own thing and doesn't care about safety. And she's like, no, I want you to stay here because I love you, but I don't want to tell you. And it's, it's a dangerous. conflicted thing and it's yeah. dangerous, but fortunately neither of them die. Thank so that's goodness. a good thing. Yeah. And then they all come together at the end and become happily ever after. But there's just a lot of moments in that, in all those games where like, I definitely felt a connection to the, to Elena and the way that her character was delivered and everything was really, really solid and well, it's just, it felt real. And that's, that was something that you don't get a lot in games, especially games back then when they were like, when that game first came out where the graphics weren't great, facial expressions weren't as um, exact as they are today. Um, it was pretty cool. Yeah. So. Especially in a charter four, which but hasn't. Beat. No, I did beat it. Oh, you did? No, I was just saying spoiler alert to other people. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I beat, the, I beat the shit out of that <laughs> At game. At this point, I just assume that you haven't played no, it. No, 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 no. <laughs> that, was, that was a great game. I love that. I, I, I beat that real quick. They, they and then put, I also beat Uncharted Lost Legacy for your information. Wow. I've beat all the Uncharted wow. games. Wow. Front to back, top to bottom, left to right, 
Round and round we go. That's the biggest achievement you have on your gaming list. <laughs> Literally. Well, because I got on my accident, uh, and then after the accident, I was like, I'm just going to power through Uncharted. Nice, nice. And then Uncharted 4 came out while I was still recovering, yeah. so I had like all that time to play games. If you get a brain injury, play video games for recovery. I'm telling you. Yep. Dick yep. Winners for Brett. Um, yeah, like they had all the right pieces set. I mean, obviously, Naughty Dog is a very special studio who knows how to tell a story. So when they get to Uncharted 4, like they really, you know, like Elena comes in her own. She's really defined as a character and a person and a personality. And like watching her go through the drama with, you know, Nathan is just very interesting and all the way up till the end. Like it's just superb storytelling. And then obviously, like you feel the compassion and love for uh, each of them. And obviously the drama ensues because each of them have different paths and goals that they're trying to achieve, but they all end up in the same place. So that's always happy. Great, great love story. Same, same place. So moving on to Commander Shepard versus the world. Dang, I wasn't even ready for that. Yeah. yeah, you are. Yeah, you are, Brett. Tell me tell me what you meant by versus the world. I was just saying that, I mean, however you play the game, you can make love with a lot of different people in this uh, game. Okay, I see. So, um, everybody, you know, if you wanted to be with... Uh, this person, you could. If you want to be with that person, you could. But decisions you made in the game led you to. And this one, um, it's kind of a weird situation because, like, this is the first one of the first games I felt like that really tried to push the bar with putting sex in a game. Mm-hmm. Um, so much so, it was controversial. And so much so, Jeff Keighley had to go on one of the news stations to defend it. <laughs> Oh, he did? Really? Yes, Jeff Keighley was like, uh, they needed someone in the gaming industry to, def- to help defend um, mm-hmm. why this was happening. And obviously, I think it was like Mothers Against Violent Video Games or so- some kind of group like that was being like, well, you can't have this because this is a kid's game. And it's like, well, it's rated M for mature, as far as I know. Maybe it was rated... Uh, I think it was T for teen, but for still, teen, seven, yeah. that's 17 it's older. Like, well, you should know what your kids are playing, and you should probably do some research on it. And if you don't think it's right for them, you shouldn't buy it for them. Obviously, adults getting busier in the 21st century, it's kind of harder for us to keep up with everything that's going on, especially those who aren't in the video game industry. Or right. In, in video game, no. Uh, so, yeah, I see why that became a thing. But, yes, it was very interesting to watch that happen, like actually have it in the video game. Yeah. Obviously, my teen little mind was like, oh, my God, it's sex, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get to the sex scene. Uh, and yeah. I tried and I failed. I didn't get there. Oh, but really? Tra- but Travis is like, I got to it. And I was like, what? And I was like, damn, I have to play over again. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, and then now there's YouTube. And now so there's just YouTube. like, go to YouTube. Actually, I think that's what I did eventually. I was like, screw this. Yeah. I'm just going to watch it on YouTube. Um, it wasn't anything crazy, honestly. No. I mean, which is good. And I didn't yeah. think it should be. I think the way that they portrayed it was was pretty. I mean, they were they were there to show like the romance and the 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 romantic aspects of the situation, but they didn't need to show stuff. They yeah. were just like, hey, here's this scene that happened because of this relationship that you've built up through the course of this game. And Because uh, they had it in one, right? It was in one. It was a little bit in one. And then it was in bigger two, in two. It got a little more spicy, but it still wasn't anything like absolutely. Yeah. Like you didn't see boobs. Maybe you saw one boob. I don't remember. No, I think, I, th- I mean, you saw like side. Side boob. Side stuff okay. and something like that. But well, the thing about too is that you know whether you played a male or a female you could really romance anybody in the game you could like romance i mean you could have a guy with another guy so they really were a lot more progressive in that sense that they opened up a lot of different options with you know different any anybody could could you could relate to it regardless of your sexual orientation stuff right, like that right but they uh you know commander shepherd like there was 
you definitely had to work hard to build that relationship up to lead to that those moments of stuff happening um, and getting that that intimate moment with the character. But um, you had to work for it, and just like you know, real life relationships, you have to work for them. And exactly. Exactly. It's, it's uh, they capture pretty pretty interestingly, but. Um, they also carry that through with like Dragon Age, which I never played Dragon Age, but I know that. I mean, did you play Inquisition? Yes, I got to a part where I was a woman and and there was an elf, and so we had interrelations with that, and then eventually uh, we broke up. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Damn. Yeah, it was interesting. You just broke her heart, I know, or I did. she she well, broke you as a female broke his heart. It was her. Well, didn't you say you play a female? I played a female, yes. Yeah, yeah. And it was oh, a it was so a woman. You, you broke his elf. heart. Her heart. It was a girl elf. Oh, you were like it was like lesbian yeah, relationship. Yeah. Okay. So I forgot exactly what happened with that, but I think I decided she was too crazy in my speech that I said to her and she got all <laughs> upset with me. But yeah. We had some good times apparently. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh so you played The Witcher Three. I did play The Witcher Three. Tell me about it. Uh, it, it's Geralt. Yes, Geralt has some stuff. I mean, it was my first foray, uh, foray, for foray, foray, foray into the Witcher series. So, you know, I didn't know much about Triss or Unifer. Um, obviously, they were in the other games. And coming into this, I didn't realize there was a love triangle because I thought she was just in love with Triss. And then come, I mean, Unifer at the beginning of the game, and then kind of find out he had a thing with Triss. So, like, there were moments within the actual story that you could, you know. Make things happen, along with the DLC, which is another girl. I forget her name. Uh, and so there you actually see some pretty raunchy stuff compared to, like, Mass Effect. Uh, and so, like, it adds, like, it's not just love for the sake of love um, or just having it. I think you can argue that Mass Effect kind of just had it to have it. It did, you know, make the story a little better. But I think Triss and Unifer are, you know, super, like, interwoven into this and that love triangle is definitely a part of the Witcher story. And so having to choose between the two and then, you know, you're trying to romance both if that's your thing. Uh, at the end of the day, I told Triss, you know, this isn't going to work because I'm in love with Unifer because I felt like that's what Geralt wanted. But, you know, it's fun to play that and see this love triangle play out over time. And then you get to make that choice of, like, who you pick and who you love the most. And actually romancing them and picking one of them or both of them, or none of them, actually affects the story later on in the game. Yeah. So it's, like, very interesting. Oh, like like it has. Mm-hmm. So like there's that. an okay. epic battle, and you try to gather all your friends, and sometimes, or in some playthroughs, you won't get them all. Mm. And Yennefer and Triss are one of the ones that you won't be able to get. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah. Man, I really want to go and play this game. Just to, I'm telling you, man. Now that I've seen The Witcher and toss a coin to your Witcher. So I think if you put it on easy, you can get through it pretty quick. If you don't do any of the side quests. Yeah. But you the might get thing is like I kind of want, yeah, that's a, I have a hard time of containing myself and just like beelining to the main story bits and stuff. I want to at least try some of them and then I yeah, get no, sucked definitely. in and the next thing you know, I'm just like done. Definitely should. But it's a great story to play through. Yeah. Um. Next game I want to talk about, this game I feel like really, really did a great job. This is the first time I ever felt that romance, not just sex, you know, but like romance as a whole was done really, really well and thoughtfully. And yeah, just like all all of the pieces that were necessary to make you feel attached to a character. Um, Life is Strange. 
I think Life is Strange. The first one with uh, Max, the character that you play, who's a girl in high school. Um, and then her friend Chloe, who she grew up with, um, who she eventually falls for and has some like, you know, like lot like romantic interest in, but you, you as the player of her struggle with how you want to approach, like you get to choose how you approach that. Do you keep pushing forward? Do you hold back? How do you decide in those situations what you do with her? Like, do you try and make that more of a relationship or do you let it just kind of live on as it is? And then meanwhile, you also have this discussion of her remembering her friendship or her not her friendship, her romantic relationship with Chloe being a romantic relationship with Rachel, who no longer is there in the show or in the game. <laughs> it's but so good. It's like a TV show. I know it is like, TV. well, you know, what's interesting is like this. If basically I feel like the new show that's on Netflix right now, Sex Education, is basically Life is Strange in a TV form. What? It's very, very similar, except I think Life is Strange is better in a lot of ways. Wow. Because it's more like sex education is kind of it's a lot more edgy and they they do a lot more like I don't know, sex tropes and stuff like that, but the root of the character and like the the in that show Otis and then the girl um fuck what is her name? Um I forget. Well, her name, the character that he's like in love with or whatever, they have this uh this this love interest, but they just always find themselves bouncing off of each other and not ever connecting the way that they want to. Right. And I feel like the same kind of situations happen here, but in a much more uh, subtle manner in a lot of ways. Um, so it's, it's really interesting seeing those comparisons, but it reminded me a lot of that because high school setting and all right, that stuff. Right. I need to go back and play this because yeah. I never finished it. I only played episode one. Really? And then the other ones came out and I just, didn't get back on. Oh it. man, yeah, you, do you really and need to go back and play said, it? This is so good. Well, even like, when I played it, like what was the last year? I think is when I played through it. It still held up, like because you know you remember Walking Dead, and that doesn't hold up very well. Mm. This one, this one does. The graphics aren't as great, but as far as the mechanics go, I mean, it's it's good. It's a good mechanic, mechanically sound game. And I want to go and play Life is Strange before the storm because that one dives deep into Chloe and Rachel's relationship. And what that time was like then, mm. and um, I, I want to experience that as well because I think it's it. I just that part of that narrative was missing from this, and I was glad that somebody took that and built upon it so you could see where Chloe was coming from in this situation. Because um, there's definitely like a really really like tight connection between Chloe and Max, and it's like kind of very friendly. And, like, you can tell that they're very much friends, but they both, like, really want to like each other and romantically be with each other. But it doesn't – There, there's always their inner demons and struggles that are fighting against them. Right. And um, right. it's it's really unique and different. But then, like, the main mechanic of this game is Max has the ability to rewind time. And when she does that, she can change outcomes to be in her favor. And then you, as a player of her, get to decide, well, shit, like – do I want to try and rewind time and see if I can play this this area better and maybe do romance her? But there's always a repercussion, right? So that's what I like about that game. Yeah, it's positive for a second, but the, you don't know what the outcome is going to be. Yeah, until it's yeah. too late. Yeah, because everything is cause and effect, and everything has a ripple effect. So you make one thing happen, and that might be good, but it can affect five other things that you don't anticipate until it's there and right. it happens. Right. So. That game just yeah hit it home. I'm I'm gonna start 
before the storm. Speaking of hitting home, what about Gone Home? Yes, Gone Home. Another one that also did exactly the same way. But what's cool about Gone Home is that you never meet these people because you're just that person in this house. Right. But you're learning the story as you go through it. And, I mean, spoiler alert, but this game came out in 2013. So if you haven't played it yet... (laughs) It's an hour and a half long, so hey, don't shame spoil on you. it for me, okay? I know, right? Did you finish? You finished it, right? No, I started like it, and I started it. I played like five minutes. And I was like, I just can't play this. What? This was like two years ago. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it just wasn't my kind of game at the time. So. Uh, it's an hour and a half, man. It's less than a movie sometimes. Well, I just I know I have to go explore so and read, great. and I was just like, you just don't want to read. I just yeah. don't want to read it. Oh, okay, don't play Disco Elysium then. I know. I, I really don't want to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I might just watch you. You know, you get some footage and I'll watch it. Okay. I do have footage. I've been capturing footage as I've been playing. So you got it. So you'll have to read that footage. You're the man. <laughs> That's fine. Um, they brought out ultra wide support recently too, oh, which I was really excited about. Very so nice. I can, I've been capturing ultra wide lately. There you go. There you go. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, Gone Home. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Bless you. Gone Home did a really good job at this because you, you are a character who left. Um, to school and then come back home to see your family and then you find slowly through a period of time come home to see your sister I think it's your sister and then realize that there was a relationship that she had uh, with somebody and ends up leaving a note for her sister about hey I went to go be with this girl because my I think my, her parents wouldn't let her be with her or something along those lines basically family drama and uh you start learning about this relationship that her sister has with this other girl and then it builds and builds and builds and you learn all of this through reading notes that she left behind. So it's like really deep personal notes that are in different places around the house. It was set in 1994. So it was before internet and cell phones and all that stuff. Um, really, really cool. Fascinating approach at um, that stuff. I think life is strange did it better, but gone home kind of started that, you know, romance doesn't have to be about sex. It can be about just these these subtle nuances of what makes people tick and spark, like what makes that spark happen. Right. And uh, they were able to capture that stuff pretty well. Um, Very cool. Just like Florence. Florence mm-hmm. did a good job with it too. Yeah. Which, again, other game, it's like an hour and a half long. Go buy it, play it. It's like text-based, but it's animated. And the, th- the gameplay mechanics in that game are really awesome. Because they like gamify relationship struggles, um, and I f- find it to be in- like super, super clever and talent. Like the way in which they do it, because I think there was a moment where you're like talking to them, and the more you talk to them, uh, you're 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 having a conversation with your significant other. You just move into it with this person, and you're having this conversation back and forth. And then the deeper it goes and the more you start to disagree with each other, the harder it is physically on the device to make the connections to, say, the next dialogue point. So it's like I forgot what the mechanic exactly was, but I just remember it got more and more difficult to, oh, it's puzzle pieces. So it started out, the puzzle pieces very clearly, like, connected. And it was just like this is, like, you know, a triangle and an open triangle, and you stick them together, and then it creates that word or phrase that continues the story and then eventually it gets so ambiguous where it's like i don't know how these pieces fit together because you're in an argument and you 
it doesn't fit together because it doesn't make sense and it's illogical and that's just like the huh. outcome of that. Yeah, I remember you talking about that. That experience. So talked about it on the podcast, I believe. Yeah, yeah, okay. we did. Yeah. Go, go check it out. Yeah, oh, I don't, don't know what episode. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, Florence is really good. Life is Strange is really good. Gone Home is really good. And then Stardew Valley is really good. Yes. I didn't even know Stardew Valley had a thing in there for that. Dude, you can like marry people. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's why so many people, I think that's why so many like like females got into it was because it's, you know, it's not a combat game. There's combat in it, but it's very light in combat. Um, you can jump into it and grab it really, grasp it really easily. And it's, but it's very deep and full of depth. But you can, you go into this town, you are building your farm, growing that, planting crops, all that stuff. But then you go into town to like buy stuff and whatnot. But you're also learning about the people of the town and you can talk to somebody and then have a conversation and then come see them the next day and have more conversation that can lead into deeper and deeper conversations with this person to the point to where you build a connection and a relationship and you can be with them and eventually actually marry the people and you have all these different choices in that all the while you are building a farm and hunting dungeon crawling inside this like cave to like get resources. That's so random. Yeah, it's it's super <laughs> crazy. That's awesome, man. And I haven't played Stardew wow. Valley since they added multiplayer, but I'm curious to know what happens in there. But yeah, here's an article from Game Rant where they talk about on the surface level, uh, romance and marriage in Stardew Valley seems like a contrived mechanic, but some may enjoy the, quote, work that goes into wooing a town resident. Then when the married life begins, as the character will move in the farmhouse, perform chores, and grow jealous if the player decides to pursue other characters. So, like, yeah, there's actually, like, a marriage component to it. And then um, you can even divorce the person that you, like, woo into the relationship. And uh, it's it's just, like real romance that they did in a you know interesting setting you even have like weddings see there's like a little little wedding happening yeah wow but it's like this is one guy yeah that made this game and had all these ideas that he put in here it's crazy and good on him see any developers strike again with good content I agree. Uh, There's one in here that we didn't talk about Uh, it's Overwatch and it's my love for Sombra because Carolina Ravasa is amazing you should check out our video we have up on YouTube where we interview her and actually, we have more interviews with all the cast up there, and uh, I love all of them. They're all amazing. That's my Valentine's little shenanigans. Cool. Yeah. So you just love them? I love them. All right. I love voice actors in general, because they're just like, they do such good job with their characters. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I just want to throw it out there. All right. Heart emoji. Heart emoji. For Austin. <laughs> Put it over top of his head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, cool. Well, any other examples of uh, romance and games you can think of that you want to chat about? Did you ever play Persona 5? Did not. Okay. Apparently there was some good romance in that game. I was doing some research on this. Um, there was a, I found this article on the young folks that had the 10 best video game romances, and one of them was uh, John and Abigail Marston in mm. Red Dead Redemption. Oh. But <clears throat> it's been so long that I... Couldn't remember what happened, so I didn't want to speak on that because I wasn't able to as well. I will do one more. Shout out to my girlfriend for being amazing, and I love her. So happy Valentine's to you, babe. That's right. I use this platform for Valentine's. We're on the topic. (laughs) I might as well give her a shout out. Um, She's awesome. Yeah. 
And then while we're on it, I might as well say shout out to Mario and Peach. I mean, you know, they've been <laughs> the longest they've been chasing after each other forever. Uh, they find each other and then they get separated and uh, get that's true. She gets thrown into a castle and it's just the the dedication that they have for each other is what? unfounded. Like it's just that's like goals, you know, relationship goals right there. And shout out to Link and Zelda who are doing the exact same merry-go-round for every game. Yep, exactly. Boom. It's uh it's pretty wild. So Anyway, everybody, thank you, and happy Valentine's Day. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this conversation on romance and video games. Um, We will be back next week with another super exciting conversation. But uh, as you can tell, there's been a lot of good and bad attempts uh, at romance and video games, but the stories above left us really feeling something from these characters. We feel some uh, hearty, awesome, great emotion. And uh, again, it's... Happy Valentine's Day. Enjoy yourselves and uh, let us know if you have any exciting moments that you found in games that really captured the, pulled at the heartstrings yeah. and made you feel something for another character oh, yeah. in the game. So. Oh, yeah. Um, and as always, if you have any questions or want to contribute to next week's segment, visit net and send us your feedback. Next week's segment is going, we're going to have a guest on the podcast. Uh, her name is Amanda. She's a friend of the podcast and is a big avid board game player. So we're going to be talking about board games that you want to introduce your friends to. So I think that'll be an interesting discussion. Underworlds. Austin loves Underworlds, obviously. Warhammer Underworlds, do it. <laughs> yeah, that's like like literally an obsession of yours now. Like it has become like a total obsession. It's you, amazing. You know when you put money into a video game that's like monetized, you feel like a connection to it because you already sunk so much money into it. How much have you put towards it? I have no idea. Damn it. I don't want to know. But it's a lot of money. And so at this point, like, I'm in it. I'm in it to win it. Okay. So Um, there it is. But yeah, if you have any any board games that you would like to introduce your friends to, that you would like to share with us, we'll talk about on the podcast. So send us a message at theinnergamer.net slash contact or hit that contact button or hop in our Discord channel and let us know there. Um, And uh, we'll be right back with our upcoming video game releases. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. Looking forward to next week, let's talk about our upcoming video game releases. We have two games coming out next week. One is on the 14th of February on Valentine's Day, actually. Oh, this is great. So for those that don't have a Valentine, you can just come home and play this game. I'm excited. I love it. There you go. On PS4, Dreams is here. So you can get all of your dreams happening it's, it's officially finally here finally out it's oh, been on early access for a long time gosh. but now it's officially launching and releasing the full game is ready to go it's already being touted as probably going to be the best game ever made like apparently the builder is incredible the games that people are making are incredible it's getting a lot of really really good reviews and there's a lot of stories saying that it's likely going to come to pc later this year to enhance that capability of what it is and stuff like that so Brett, this is not good for us <laughs> So, for those that don't know, Dreams is an extraordinary, ever-expanding game universe from the award-winning Media Molecule, creators of Little Big Planet and Tearaway, where you can discover community-made games from around the world and learn to make your own. And there's even a single-player campaign that they developed in the game itself. So, you have single-player campaign, plus you have a creator where you can build your own worlds, and then the worlds themselves. And I've seen some pretty intense creations out of this game already, so really, really excited. And they're not blocky Minecraft pieces of shit, so even better 
All right, the other game coming out, this game is already technically out, but I wanted to talk about it just because it, I think it deserves a little bit of recognition here, and it's going beyond PC. But on 18th of February for PS4, Hunt Showdown from Crytek is releasing to PS4. So it's on PC. It's got really, really great reviews on PC. Nice. So um, PS4 is coming out. This is a game that... Uh, competitive first-person pvp bounty hunting game with heavy pve elements from the makers of crisis set in the darkest corners of the world it packs the thrills of survival games into a match-based format and with that that's going to wrap up our show this week be sure and check us out next tuesday for more from your favorite video game podcast you can visit the innergamer.net for our latest episodes videos and social channels and if you like what you hear leave us a review on apple podcasts and tell a friend and don't forget on february 20th we will be at hop fusion brewery with friend info board game cafe having a board game night so come on out play some games with us jam it out It'll be a lot of fun uh drink some beer drink some beer and if you want to support our show you can donate over on our website at thegamer.net all donations go towards making the podcast videos and events even better you can also join in on the conversation over on our discord channel so check out the show notes for that link and as always you cannot donate monetarily you can always help us out by sharing our content the more eyes we get in front of it the faster we can grow. And as always, we appreciate your continued support. Thank you, loving fans. I'm Austin Morales. And I am Brayton Oski. And you've been listening to the Intergamer Podcast, guys. We'll catch you next week. Podcast out. Okay, I probably don't want to get a copyright strike any further with that. That'd be bad. copyrighted copyright striked probably banned on youtube <laughs> at least it's just a video podcast or audio podcast. <laughs> yeah exactly they can't find us yet uh, not like joe rogan or anything three two and one one, one. as brett would say one. yes yes <laughs> that is exactly what i say all the time every time i just make those weird weird chants and noises and i'm just like one Wanda. See? Wow. Accurate. Right. <laughs> Three, two, one. Hello and welcome back. No, no, don't watch this. Get out of here. Don't watch us? I'm just kidding. Oh, start over. man. That's so sad. <laughs> That's right. So sad. So sad. You should definitely watch so us. Sad.